and welcome to Lionhearted Marketing. This is a podcast for bold businesses who are ready to go from a slightly scattergun marketing approach to connecting everything they're doing to create joyful, repeatable customer journeys that build connection and consistently convert new clients. That's called a funnel, if you fancy. If you have that nagging feeling, you should have more of a grasp on your marketing, more of a plan, more of a system to support your pretty successful business, you're in the right place. This isn't about trying loads of new strategies. It's about taking what you've got and making the most of it. I'm Sophie, your host, self-confessed tea superfan, marketing strategist, and funnels, or joyful journeys, as I like to call them, demystifier. Join me every Tuesday for my lion-hearted approach to marketing to help you navigate those big moves, stay focused on your goals, and ultimately take your business to the next level. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Lionhearted Marketing Podcast. If you were a listener of Growing Pains, a big welcome and thank you for coming with me on this journey to a slightly different podcast. You're going to notice a lot of the same things around here, obviously still me, and still a mix of solo episodes and interviews and loads of great marketing content in a sentence. The main difference between Growing Pains and Lionhearted Marketing is that with Growing Pains, we were looking very much at the early stages of deciding the kind of marketing that might work for you. We looked at things like Pinterest, um, at your website, at email marketing, at Instagram, if ads would be a good move for you or not. In this podcast, we're just going deeper into some specific strategies. So rather than having that sort of slightly shiny object syndrome, of always thinking there's a marketing strategy that might just be a little bit better or might just suddenly turn your business around, We're actually looking at what you already got and how to optimize it, make it work together, connect the dots, um, and then really amplify it and get it out to as many people as possible. So we'll be covering things like email marketing, Facebook ads, social media, and optimizing your website. Those are the core things we're going to be focusing on. The other difference with Lionhearted Marketing is I want to delve a little bit more into behind the scenes of running businesses, scaling businesses. What does it look and feel like to scale to a 15, 20k a month business? Bringing you kind of inspiration from people who are doing it or have done it and really looking at what it takes to get there, both from a knowledge perspective, but also from mindset, business structure, outsourcing, all those sorts of things that you need to be able to grow your business. We're going to be looking at that as well. This episode is all about catching you up, really. It's been about three months. It's actually been nearer four months, but that wasn't quite such a good title for three big moves in the last three months. I'm going to be catching you up on everything that has been going on behind the scenes in my business since I last released a podcast, which was actually late February, I think. There's been a lot going on and my business looks totally different to how it did in December, never mind a year ago. And you'll know if you listen to my behind the scenes solo episode in February, you'll know that this time last year was, it was really tough actually. I was really, really struggling to find my groove to the point where I was considering getting a job. But a lot has changed in a year on. And in this episode, I just want to talk about what's been going on, the good, the bad, the exciting, the terrifying, and how I've got to where I am today. So let's jump in. What I'm going to be talking about in this episode is the three things I feel have made the biggest change and impact in my business over the last three to four months. Now, they're all quite linked. I'm going to start off talking about why I decided to change the podcast, actually, because changing the podcast was a massive trigger for a big business rebrand that actually then turned into a relaunch 
it's triggered, yeah, huge amounts of changes in my business. So I'm going to start talking about the podcast and then a little bit about the rebrand. If you're listening to this on the day that it's come out, you will see that the rebrand went live yesterday and I've had loads and loads of lovely feedback on it. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how that came about, the process, how I've managed the rebrand, like things that it's brought up for me, things I've had to work through. Because as always with business, it's never just about the, the shiny stuff on the outside that you get to launch at the end. Often there's a real journey behind it. The second thing I'm going to talk about is some big decisions I've made with my services. We're going to look a little bit about where I was at Christmas, what I've introduced, what I've stopped, and where I am now, what I launched yesterday. And the final thing I'm going to talk about, the third move, is investing in support. You might think that's a bit of an odd one. It's not really a move in itself. There's not one specific thing that I've invested in. However, I have invested a lot and I've been trying to take a real growth mindset on what can I learn? Who can I bring into my business? What gaps can I plug? How can I um, make my business a bit more rounded rather than it just all relying on me? And actually, I find that incredibly difficult. I'm going to talk a little bit about why I find that really difficult and what I've kind of done to overcome that, who I've invested support in, the ones that have gone really well, the ones that I probably wouldn't invest in again, and, and why that was. So oh, that's probably enough for the intro. Shall we jump in to it? Let me just take you back a second to February. I'm, I've got these incredible podcast episodes that are waiting to go out uh, that I recorded the summer before. And when I recorded them, I was in a space of working with parent and baby brands. That was my niche. And I was working with e-com, actually primarily some service businesses, but primarily e-com. And I'd recorded these amazing podcast episodes. When I looked at it, where my business was at this point, so I had Bloom, my course for service providers wanting to grow their audience using Facebook ads. I was working one-to-one -one with clients on um, growing their audience. And I was really working with people who knew exactly what they wanted to do. They had their marketing strategies and they just wanted to accelerate them, like amplify them. So grow their list faster, you know, get more clients quicker. And when I was looking at growing pains, I was like, I just, I don't really feel like this reflects me anymore. I'm not in the parent and baby um, niche anymore, which obviously growing pains, the name really spoke to. And I feel as well like the content on Growing Pains, whilst is incredibly useful, and honestly, I still get people messaging me, like probably almost like every other week, even though I do no promotion for it, telling me how useful they find the podcast. And I'm so grateful for those episodes out there. However, what I really felt like I was doing, actually, was avoiding my own expertise. So what you will see in the podcast, whilst there's a lot of solo episodes, there's actually not a huge amount of Facebook ads content. And there's even an episode about growing your audience without using Facebook ads. I was really, really struggling to step into that expertise, that position of authority and kind of giving my thoughts on Facebook ads and putting them out there. I felt massive imposter syndrome. And so what I did was create a podcast that really was nothing to do with Facebook ads, despite the fact that I really wanted. At that point in February, I really wanted to work with more Facebook ads clients. So I spoke about it with my coach, Beck, and we really dug into why I felt this, you know, need to hide behind the fact that, you know, of all the marketing strategies, you know, you could do ads, but here's loads of other ones as well. And we decided that actually, or I decided that I needed to have a little bit of a fresh start with a podcast. So I went away and thought, okay, that's fine. I'll just rename the podcast do a bit of branding and relaunch it. I think I told everyone as well, I'll relaunch it at Easter. It'll be great. Then I started digging into it and I was like, well, 
Okay, so I can rename it. It was going to be called Big Ambitions Limited Time. And so I had the name, I was kind of ready to go with it. I even booked in guests and everything. And then I spoke to a couple of people about creating a some branding for it. And I was like, hmm. Well, this is tricky because my brand essentially is a logo, which is just a written text and some colours and, and some sort of shapes. It really didn't have a brand identity at all. Now, because I'd usually use that brand on growing pains, I was like, oh, this is going to be quite tricky to create a different feel, look and feel, with that, and but still have it as part of my overall brand. So I started thinking, well, actually... If I'm going to step away from hiding and actually stand in my expertise and put myself forward and, you know, take away that imposter syndrome, I actually have never loved the name The Social Pod. I actually think I'm going to move to my own name. So I was like, right, okay, that's fine. So I need a new new logo and new podcast artwork. Well, if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to have a look at a rebrand, like just a just just a little rebrand. So I started speaking to a few people, I you know, started looking on Instagram. And interestingly enough, about this time last year, I had interviewed one of my guests on email marketing, Iman. And she had been going through a rebrand at this point last year. And she had, when she'd launched it, I saw her branding. I thought, oh my God, that is just so up my street. It's so colourful and bold and bright. And I absolutely love it. And I wasn't in a position this time last year to be rebranding. I had no idea what I was going to be doing. But I sort of put the name of the graphic designer on a little list I have got and thought I'll come back to her in the future when I'm ready. So this was Kaylee. So I had a call with her. We really got on. We really connected. I thought she totally gets me and what I want to kind of achieve with this. So that was it. So started working with Kaylee. And the first set of designs that she sent over, there were two options. And in it, she'd done this uh, sort of logo icon that said unleash your business I'd already talked to her about how I love lions I love leopards leopard print there was a song that I couldn't get on my head and like lyrics in it were fearless like a lion heart everything was just pointing to this sort of bold energy and way back when I uh, did my values when I started this business uh, about three years ago I had written down my values as warm bold courageous and expert and I kept coming back to this like this courageous energy this bold energy this my big energy has been something I've struggled with for quite a long time because as a child and, as, and when you're younger you're kind of you know told to be less you know be quieter don't be so loud don't be so clumsy don't be so big you know big energy like calm it down and I haven't really ever felt safe enough to bring that big energy back out again but having worked with Kaylee and kind of just got to that point where I was like yeah I think I'm ready to bring the big energy so that triggered all sorts and then as she showed me the designs these incredible lions came through and my goodness I was like right this is it I am all about this big bold energy of the lion so yeah I went all in, all in the services renamed to lion names I was like the services renamed to Lion Names. I wanted it to feel like it had a bigger picture brand. So if I do services or I pivoted or I added something new, it would be really simple just to slot it in because I already had like a naming convention and a, a way of working. So that all came together so well. And Kaylee has done the most incredible job of the branding. And if you know me, you I hopefully will see that really the branding is like me on a page. And I won't lie, there's definitely been some times where I've thought, oh my gosh, is this too much, too 
you know, too bright, too bold, too colourful? Is it going to be a bit overwhelming for people? You know, is it going to put people off? And I just, I keep coming back to this feeling of like, I want to work with people with a similar energy and who are attracted to that energy. So I've tried to just stay confident and come through it. But essentially, like that's the background to the rebrand. That's why I rebranded to start with. And the reason why I feel like this was a big move and one that has really impacted my business is because already I feel myself stepping into that brand, stepping forward, being more visible, being more vocal, uh, being bolder, being brighter, and really feels probably for the first time since I started working for myself, like a real business. Like I am CEO of a business rather than I am the business. And it's helped me have that slight distinction between me being the whole business and me running a business. And that has actually been massively beneficial for my mindset as well. Now that leads me quite nicely onto the second big move. And the second big move is multiple big decisions I've made about my services. Now, when I first started working for myself, I definitely had the idea that I would set up my business, I would create my services, and then that's what I would offer. And that was that. And I, going forward, I would only offer these things and these are my services. And over time, I have learned that there are services you create and then you go out and market them. And there's also services that come about because clients ask for them or you see like a gap in the market. And that's kind of happened to me quite a lot in the last six months or so. So in December, I had a chat with someone I was working with in a group program. And she was saying, I don't really want to do the 12-week course. Uh, I don't have time. I don't have headspace. I've got lots of clients. Like, I'm busy. However, I do really, really want to get some ads up and running. I know I need to do it. It's just always last of my to-do list. I want to commit to an ads manager long-term, not really at the point where I can sustain that kind of level of investment. Is there a middle ground somewhere? Normally, I would have offered one-to-one -one training. Then I just had the thought, what if I set up the ad campaign, um, I optimize it, get it running really well, and then I sort of hand it over and coach you on how to run it? She was like, oh, that is a perfect combination. I'm totally up for that. Let's do that. So we started working together and we had incredible results. And then over time, I, the word of mouth sort of got out. I mentioned it to a few people. And since then, I have continuously had at least three or four clients every month on this program. And it's been the kind of service that has evolved over time. It's never had a sales page. It's barely mentioned on the website. I didn't even have a name. I think I called it like hybrid one-to-one -one coaching. I don't really know what to call it. But it's been such a big success and it really made me think like, okay, there's definitely this demand for a sort of mix of done for you and done with you. Now, on the parallel to that, I'm running Bloom, which was my 12-week group program for uh, service businesses who wanted to grow their audience using Facebook ads. Now, when I set up Bloom, I knew that I needed to niche. I knew that I wanted to get super, super specific so that there was a really clear pathway for them to follow. So it's just Facebook ads to grow their email list. But while I was putting the course together, I'm so passionate about people getting the best results. Like for me, it's not just about the ads. And I've always known that and I've always worked with clients on that. So with Bloom, not only was it just about the ads, it was about creating the right lead magnet, getting a welcome sequence set up and really thinking about those connection opportunities once you've got them in your world. So it was this real like customer journey that they were learning. And so I created that whole thing for them. So 12 weeks to do, take them through all those different steps. And it had incredible results. I've had some amazing businesses through it. I've, I've run it on Evergreen. So new people have joined every other month. And I 
had over 25 people through it in the year, over five launches. And it's been the most amazing learning experience running a group program in this way. But about Easter time, I started realizing that as I got more and more people into it and it was building momentum and I was starting getting known for it, I was getting great results and it was so much easier to bring people onto the program. I actually realized that what I'd created was a high touch group program, but at a price point, I couldn't really maintain that level of high touch. So at the moment I review all the works, I review lead magnets, I give feedback on email sequences, I look at ads, I jump into ad accounts, I you know, I make sure that everything is exactly as it should be. So I'm really passionate about people, you know, getting everything set up and it working really well. However, the flip side of that is, there's a limit to how many people I can hold within that really. And I realized around sort of April, May time that I'd kind of hit that limit. I'd hit that capacity and I just wasn't, I just wouldn't be able to take any more people into it. But what I realized of the amount that I was charging for it, whilst it was the right price point, I think for the businesses that were coming into it, with the cap on the numbers, it wasn't really enough to create enough of a scalable option for me. So what I decided to do was make May, my last intake, intake finished at the summer holidays anyway, so that kind of worked quite nicely with the um, seasonality of the business anyway. And I decided to take a step back and just have a think about how do I want to offer that program? What does that look like? What kind of businesses are going to get the most from it? And what kind of stage are they at? So I decided, which was quite a big move for me because having that consistent income from Bloon and growing my expertise and building that community has been such a joy for me this year. I've really, really loved it. And it was quite a big decision for me to decide to pause it because I really did feel like it was kind of having lovely momentum. I was also finding like with the Evergreen, I was really enjoying not doing big launches. They burn my nervous system out. And I really struggle with this idea of like a big launch and getting loads of people into a program at one time. I much prefer smaller sort of intakes where it's like a little bit of energy and get people in and then settle them in and then kind of bring more people in either the next month or the month after. But I was just finding with that cycle, I wasn't really having any time to talk to anyone about any other services, promote anything else. It felt like I was in a bit of a sales system all the time and I didn't have the capacity or space to bring anything else into the into the business and into my messaging. And with the hybrid program going so well, this one-to-one, I really wanted to start talking about that and getting more people into that and working out how I could kind of scale that a little bit. So what I decided to do was pause Bloom. So that will stop. Uh, So it's currently running the last cohort till the uh, beginning of August. And I will look at bringing that back in, in 2024 because it is an incredible program and all the content is there. It gets amazing results. I just need to think about how I can make it work from a business perspective. And then I was going to happily focus on my hybrid one-to-one and a few management clients. Then, plot twist, I was really happy with that. I'd written the website, uh, the new website ready for the rebrand. You know, I renamed everything and knew exactly what I was doing. Then I just have had lots and lots of little signs. I've had you know, people drop me messages saying like, oh, your course is so amazing, but actually it's more of like a funnels course than it is just ads. And then I went to Atomicon, which is a marketing conference and watched a few of the speakers talk and really connected what, what they were saying about creating trust with people and creating journeys. And rather than just thinking as, you know, about funnels and pouring leads in at the top and just hoping they fall out the bottom of the funnel, you know, working with you, actually creating much more structured, engaging customer journeys where someone comes into your world and you have these key touch points with them that moves them through that journey 
in a much more uh, repeatable way than just kind of hoping that they see your social media or hoping they open your emails. It really, really resonated with me. What also really resonated with me was a talk by Chris Doe. And he talked about a learning in his business where he got to a certain point and his coach told him, what got you here won't get you there. And that's actually the point where I work with a lot of clients is that they have been doing the organic, they have been doing their social media, sending some emails and, you know, maybe they have ads running as well. And it's working and it's worked so far, but they're ready for the next level. They're ready to take it up a gear and they can't work out how to just do more of what they're already doing. And what I'm really good at seeing is actually how to do it slightly differently. So connecting what you've got, connecting the dots of everything and adding in a bit of ads to make sure we can amplify and reach new people. It's not a case of just doing more, it's a case of looking at it totally differently. And honestly, the thoughts of that just have like totally lit me up. I am so excited. I came back and spoke to all my one-to-one clients and I was like, right, I know we're just doing ads at the moment, but I want to add in this, this and this because I think this is gonna help you actually get clients from these ads rather than just get email addresses. And oh my gosh, already the... The feedback from my clients, the impact it's having, it's so incredible. And I'm just so unbelievably excited to take this to more and more people. So uh, with a week to go before the rebrand, I decided to completely restructure my services, change what I offer. Fundamentally, it's just an evolution of what I was offering before, but just packaged in a slightly different way. So there's still the one-to-one hybrid, if you like, there, and that is now called Raw. And that's all about creating a strategic approach and then me coaching you one-to-one on implementing it. So, you know, helping you with your social media, helping you with ads, helping you with email. It's a real partnership. It's a real, like, both of us getting stuck in and doing the work and me helping you along the way. And then having spoken to my coaches, I've realized that actually for people who are a bit next level, so they're already earning the 15 to 20K, but really still need this connection and an amplification. The next level really is how do I create a service that creates a strategy that allows their team that's already in place, who has the expertise to implement for them, or if we're looking at a team who's already at capacity or maybe the right skill sets are not quite there, creating that strategy and then just doing the full implementation for them. So that's where I'm at at the moment and I just can't tell you how excited I am to get started and just start talking to people about this, sharing my passion for the fact that there's never one thing, there's never one golden bullet that's going to change your business, but actually connecting up everything that you're already probably doing at the moment is going to make a massive, massive difference. So that's where we are at with the services and the big decisions. And then really that, again, leads me nicely onto the third big move this year. And that is the support that I've invested in. And I hope you find this really interesting because I know often you don't see the kind of support people have invested in behind the scenes. So I wanna really share what I've invested in and how it's helped me or how it hasn't really helped me. So the first thing is a lot of this is related to the rebrand because obviously that has been a huge focus of mine uh, in the last six months. So uh, Kaylee, the graphic designer, and I will link to all of these people and their incredible businesses in the show notes as well. Hannah, who spent a day updating my website and making the brand really come to life on it. It's absolutely brilliant. I worked with a copywriter, Sarah, who helped me overcome this issue where I I kind of was being quite formal in my website copy and it just didn't really reflect my social media captions and the way that I spoke in real life. She really helped me delve into like my personality and how to get that across on the page. I also worked with Toya, who did all my Dubsado branding as well and updated all my workflows to make sure that those were 
all aligned and if someone inquires about service they go through the right workflow in um, my Dubsado which is all about like invoices and contracts and scheduling and all that sort of stuff if you don't know about Dubsado definitely have a look it's it's a really amazing system and then I also worked with Colette Macbeth, who is the most amazing coach. Um, she really focuses on visibility, storytelling, messaging. I had a session with her and basically just brain dumped everything I felt about my services and who I wanted to work with and how I wanted to work with them. And she helped me come up with the most incredible copy. Um, if you want to see what she helped me with, the services page is probably the best example of that. I also have someone helping me with relaunching the podcast and then on an ongoing basis as well, helping me with all the admin for that because my gosh, there is quite a lot of admin related to that. And then my two supports in my life are my two coaches. So I have one, uh, Beck, who is mindset and strategy. And then I have the other, which is Gemma, who helped me go from one-to-one -one into a group program, which I always, even though I've paused it, still think it was the best business decision I could have made because it forced me to niche, it forced me to really own my expertise and become known for one thing. And it's only because I niched and became known for that one thing that I'm now able to slightly unniche, if you like, <laughs> into the wider marketing strategy because I have that trust and expertise. So I definitely would do it. I would do exactly the same all over again. And I'm now in Gemma's Mastermind, which is an incredible group of women. And it's just so lovely to be able to work with other businesses who are going through the same kind of challenges and questions and growth struggles and, you know, doubts all together. And it's such an amazing space, both online and then we meet in person every couple of months as well, which is incredible. So those two between them have got me through this last six months, kept me going, kept me motivated, kept me focused and really... If you haven't worked with a coach and you're wondering about working with a coach, find the right one for you because, you know, it really is about that connection and finding someone that has the same values as you and can kind of work with you in a way that's going to be motivating and you know help you get the results for yourself. Okay, so what else have we got that's not related to the rebrand? So I started working with a VA this year as well. Incredible investment. I've actually tried to work with VAs twice before and I haven't been ready. Uh, I haven't known what I've wanted to hand over. I haven't been confident enough in what I'm doing to even hand it over. Like when you're writing posts day to day and you know you're not really sure where your business is going or what your strategy is or you know how you do want to respond to clients, it's very, very hard to help someone else do that. It's only really been in the last four or five months I've actually been able to do that. So that has been incredible working with the VA. She's also helped me massively with content creation. I've realized that I love writing the captions for social media and the graphics were actually a massive barrier for me. So she now helps me with the content creation element of social media as well. The other thing I've invested in massively is in-person events. Now, both from a business perspective, like uh, workshop days and business events, but also on a personal level as well. I was diagnosed with ADHD last summer and I am on medication and it's made a huge difference to my life and um, how I work and my ability to grow this business actually. However, I'm always looking at ways to work with my brain, to optimize what I'm doing, to, you know, to remove some of the struggles that I have. So I've been to two ADHD in-person workshops. I went to an in-person day in London with Gemma uh, Gilbert. She ran a one-off day. I went to the Atomicon Marketing Conference. And I've also been to quite a few networking events and just tried to be visible locally and engaging with people in person. And it's been amazing. And actually, none of those I regret. All of them have brought something to my life. All of them have helped me in some way that I really, really appreciated. 
Now, the things I probably wouldn't invest in again has been some short online courses. Now, there's, there's a few different reasons why I wouldn't invest in them again. And there's not specifically any one, I'm not gonna name any of them, or, you know, it's not necessarily about the actual courses themselves. What I realized is I don't actually have a huge amount of capacity each week. I already have coaching calls. I already have my own clients. I already have my own marketing. Obviously, I've been doing a rebrand as well. And that made short, sharp sprints, if you like, really appealing. So, you know, five-day sprints, 28-day sprints. However, the problem with that is that I don't have a huge amount of time and then shoehorning in, often they're quite a lot of content, quite intense, that's the nature of a sprint, into my diary is just really not worked. And it's made me really feel like I haven't got the most out of them. Also, what I've realized is I'm a terrible skim reader and on the sales pages for those courses, I actually realized that looking back on them, they weren't really what I thought they were going to be. So there was three that I signed up for, really probably shouldn't have. And it's partly because of imposter syndrome. I look at something and think, oh, they're an expert in this. Like they can teach me this. That'll be amazing. And then I start to do it and realize that, oh, I'm actually already doing all this stuff. I actually teach this stuff to my clients. And when I go back and read the sales page, that is probably quite clear. It's just that I hadn't really grasped it or my imposter syndrome kicked in and thought, oh, well, it, it says that, but it, there must be more to it than that. It must be more complex. There must be other stuff you need to learn. And this drive just to always be learning all the time. I need to stop this investing in things that actually I already know. And I think the final thing for me is that whilst I have loved doing the in-person days and I have got a lot out of them, it's actually been quite a big impact on my personal life and my business because it's put huge amounts of time pressure on me. On top of the in endless amounts of bank holidays in May um, and the Easter holidays and the half term and me going to Atomicon for three days, it's been a huge amount of pressure on the hours that I work. I only work four days, two of them are school days, two of them are slightly longer days. But when you take out Mondays, which is my longer day, for a lot of weeks in a row, it's had a huge impact. I've ended up working a lot in evenings and trying to catch up on Fridays, which is meant to be my day off with my daughter. I've really struggled with that, getting that balance between, yeah, enjoying these in-person days and finding them a real issue with my work life. And not only that, but after an in-person event, I always feel quite drained and I need some time to like rest and recuperate. And I hadn't built that into my timeframes hadn't built that into my diary. And even if I had, I probably wouldn't have been able to honor it because, you know, taking days out of my diary each week was just becoming really unmanageable. So what I'm taking forward in terms of investing in support is I am going to be a bit more selective about the in-person events that I go to, really have a look at the amount of time they take me out of the business and the impact that's going to have and really preparing for that rather than thinking, oh, I'm only out for one day next week. I'll just catch up actually thinking, right, what do I need to say no to? What do I need to move? What do I need to get some support with? What can I outsource so that it doesn't have such a big impact on my energy? And secondly, I think reading sales pages a bit more clearly and also um, really giving myself, I've got now a list of questions I have to answer before I invest in anything to check whether this is A, a skill that I need, B, a skill that I don't already have and C, do I actually have capacity for it in my diary? Um, and if I don't do it now, is it, will it be run again? Could I do it later in the year when I have more time and capacity? So I'm really gonna try to be a little bit stricter with myself about that. Right, so, oh my goodness. So those are the three big moves that have happened over the last three to four months. I hope it's given you an interesting insight into where the rebrand has come from, you know, what's going on with my services, 
how it's all happened. I get a lot of comments, even on my Instagram, if you look at comments, people will say things like, I don't know how you do it. Oh my, I don't know where you get the time from. Like, so amazing. And actually, I hope it gives you a little bit of an insight into the amount of support that I have had to bring into my business. I don't find it easy paying for support, if I'm honest. It's definitely a mentality that I struggle with, outsourcing. I'm actually really quick and, and pretty capable in quite a lot of areas, which makes it quite hard for me to outsource. And it makes me think, oh, it's fine, it'll be quicker to do it myself. It's something that I've really, really had to get over and push myself through because ultimately, I want to be working my work hours and then spending the rest of the time with the girls. I don't want to be thinking about that Instagram graphic that I need to create myself. So yeah, that's the way the business is going and I hope that has been really useful. I would absolutely love to know if this has resonated with you or you've taken anything away from this. Come over and see me on Instagram um, or LinkedIn. The links are in the show notes and I will see you for the next episode next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes every Tuesday when they're released. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to rate or leave a review wherever you're listening to it. It only takes a few seconds, but it really does make a massive difference to new people finding me. Thank you again for joining me, Sophie, in this episode of Lionhearted Marketing. See you next time.